Okay, hello everyone and welcome to the show. So today we have with us Anza Goodbar, who they're more than just leadership coaching and business consulting. They're a full service agency positioned to help you reach your business goals more quickly. And they've just started a new brand called Bankable Events, live strategy, planning and execution to help serve small business owners in a service-based industry. Hey, Anza, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Mark. Oh, you're so welcome. Can you just expand a bit more on that and tell us you know, where you are with your business right now and the kind of people that you serve? Absolutely. Well, I started my business in 2008 and we originally started out as just a business services provider, an online business service provider. And we grew into a coaching and consulting business over time. And uh, we serve small business owners, primarily service-based mm-hmm. um, businesses coaches, consultants, authors uh, make up a big part of our business. Um, We help them create processes, systems, uh, social media messaging. We work hard to help them identify their avatar and be able to really know the person that they're serving so they can be niched down and experience um, scalable results very quickly. And just Mm -hmm. recently, as you mentioned, we opened a new arm in our business called Bankable Events, where we help small business owners maximize their positioning by hosting their own live events. Love that. Now you said systems and processes. Now that's everyone we talk to, you can't build a business on memory. It needs to be systems and processes. It's a huge Mm -hmm. part of what makes a successful business successful. Um, Mm -hmm. But nobody wants systems and processes. (laughs) Nobody wants an event. What they want is the results of that. So what are the actual results that you help people to actually get? Well, let's talk for a second about systems and processes and why they're important. And it builds consistency in your business. When you need to train people who are a new hire, you have systems and processes that are proven. You have quality. You can then create sustainable, repeatable results. So many of the clients that I work with have a turnstile of people that come and go from their business. They waste so much money in recruiting, hiring, and training only to let people go and start over again. And so when you have a standard operating procedures, if you have videos, if you have checklists, that's going to help people be able to come in and assimilate quickly in your business, be able to give you the result that you want. It's going to cut down the amount of time that it takes uh, to train and bring them up to speed. Because if you're constantly starting over, your business is never going to grow. You're stuck in that emphasis stage. You've got to be able to build people that you can trust to delegate to. And as you know, delegation is its own little animal. Ready? Go ahead. But, but that is where the um, the hustle comes in, the stress right. that without these SOPs, without the systems in place, all there's so much energy. I'm working so hard, so hard. I'm look, I, I don't have a minute. I'm working every night, but it's right. just energy time consuming rather than efficiency. Mm-hmm. 
Well, exactly. And so many people that I've worked with over the years who are working from sunup to sundown, you know, they're not taking their lunches. They're not taking time off. They don't trust their in employees or even contractors to do their job. And it's trust, because yes. they don't have processes and procedures and training materials in place. So they feel like their hand has to be in all the pies. Mm. Um, they have to touch every piece of the process from beginning to end. They have to be in control of how things are done and things are never done the way that they would have them be done. Right. Because there's so that, no that, training or standardized systems. So that trust and control. So mm -hmm. if, if you feel that someone doesn't completely trust their process, their methodology, mm -hmm. then they can't make it into a process system right. they can't then let go of it because there's always um a a fire to be put out there's always something different to be right. doing there's always some something else that crops up yes yes and that's a huge time eater it's a huge stress creator it's a huge energy suck and you know as business owners none of us want that but sometimes we create that in our own culture because of our own fear of what if they could do that better than me, if I just gave that to them, you mm. know, but as a business owner, that's what we want, right? Because I, at heart, we need to be a good leader and leaders create leaders within their organization to take over some of that responsibility, some of that stress, because otherwise you're in it all by yourself. You're, but it's you're not wearing all easy. the hats. It's not that no, easy to no. do. Can I talk about when, no. when you first started? So obviously you've grown massively. So can you talk about the challenges that when you started to delegate to other people, started to create these, these systems and processes, can you, what was it like for you? What was tough about that? Well, I think a little bit of what I just said, you know, it was, I felt like I had to know everything and do everything to establish myself as being an expert or being credible. Mm. If I were to hire someone to do something, then somehow that made me less valuable or less smart mm -hmm. or less worthy of, you know, charging a certain rate. I, I thought I had to wear all the hats and do all the things because that was my misconception of what a business owner or a CEO did um, mm. in early days. Um, and I am a great delegator. I'm going to tell you, if I trust you, I'm going to give you everything and you just report back to me. But the hard part was finding someone that I could trust, somebody who could get me. I'm a very random person. Uh, my ex-husband used to always say to me, do you think people really understand you when you talk? And I was like, of course they do. Everyone in the world, but you does, right? But what I found out was not everybody could track with my randomness. And so it was really important to find the right person for the right role who could work with the way that I work and who could navigate through my passion because I had this propensity to want to be all things to all people because I thought that's what I needed to do to create clients. And I needed to find someone who could reel in my passion without squashing my vision to be able to help me execute and serve the, the group of people that we felt called to serve. And so those Not things bad. are really important because so many people that I have run into hire people because they like them. 
their, their, their friends or family or acquaintance, or they met them and they really clicked. But at the end of the day, that's usually a really bad decision. They don't usually have the skills or the assets that you as the business owner, CEO need to have to support you. And so you need to look at how do I like to work? How do I like to communicate? Um, you know, how do I like to be fed content or information? You know, do you need all the details or are you a bullet point person? And you need to find someone that can communicate and, you know, bring those together. So you're fitting together like puzzle pieces and you're not, you know, batting heads and butting, mm. you know, butting heads against each other in, in the process. And all of those things are so important. And it was a lot of trial and error, you know, I originally I you- thought. How has your communication changed? Obviously, when you found that you wanted to find the right person who can manage your your randomness and your your the way that you work, but has has your communication changed over over the years as you've mm-hmm. built a team? And what does that look like? Yes, you know what it really has, and because I have a higher level of self awareness of how frustrating I can be to people mm-hmm. uh, because of my randomness, I have to. And you're going to laugh at me, but I have to manage my energy in a way that I know when I go into this kind of meeting, or if I'm going in to relay this type of information, I need to be in a linear mindset. When Mm. does that best happen for me? For me, it's in the afternoon. In the mornings, I'm excited, I'm energized, and I can be very random. Um, I take notes and and say, okay, you've got to table that for later. You can't go down that rabbit hole. But when I'm in in front of the the team and I need to be able to share what we're doing next, we have this new project, this new idea, I need to have it laid out. I need to give myself bullet points to stay on track because otherwise... I will continue to have these great ideas and continue to expound and pontificate. And it's like, no, you can't do that because everybody's then like, okay, I'm like really confused. You said we were going to do this. And then this idea came up and what are we doing? What's the expectation? How do I, how do I, you know, execute that? What's the result that you need? And so I have to, you know, think through that process and, and give myself, slides or bullet points to keep myself on track so i'm so very clear this, this is have you got this all nailed out is it is it all done now or do you still work on this on a daily basis to get yourself no. to the right place at the right time it's a daily thing i have to be aware every day and and i'm much better at looking at people's body language and you know reading their expression like i lost them i need to back up I need to back up. I need to redefine that. And, yeah. you know, and everybody knows when I get off track because I still do. I mean, I, it's part of who I am as a, as a person, right? Um, they'll kind of raise their, their pen and they'll be like, oh, okay, I'm off. And so we have little signs that, you know, they don't necessarily have to interrupt me, but it's like, yeah, yeah you've, you've derailed us. And so I, I have to pull it back. I'm much better than I was 15 years ago, much mm. better, but I still do it, especially if I'm really excited. And if we're in a brainstorming session and someone comes up with a great idea, it's like, Oh, let's run with that. You know? And, and sometimes it's like, let's take all these ideas and then let's go back and evaluate them. And then let's choose the ones to discuss. Um, yeah. That's usually the better response than just being spontaneous and let's just run with that because it's so great you know uh, when 
Yes, that might be great. But if we shut down the brainstorming, we might not get to the really exceptional idea. And yeah, so I have to be very cognizant Go through the conversation. Yeah. So yeah. what would you say are your best traits that have really helped you grow your business? You know what? This is something that people on my team always say to me is you always take time to listen. And when you listen to me, you make me feel important. And I feel like, you know, building your team to make them feel like they contribute, that they add value is one of the greatest assets that we can bring to our business because we bring, you know, that sense of security, that sense of loyalty, and it increases the performance level and the desire for them to please you. And, you know, when there's crunch time, when you're doing launches and what have you, people are willing to give more. They're willing to put in that extra time or energy um, to really get it right. And so I I think that's one of the key things that I pride myself in. Yeah. Beautiful and well put. And I want to just, just expand on that slightly because helping your, 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 your employees feel like they're listened to and heard and that they Mm. feel important. What you've done there without maybe by consciously doing it, or maybe it's by accident, you've hit the three core elements of the human needs. Safety. They feel Mm -hmm. safe. Fulfillment. Mm -hmm. They feel satisfied and heard and thrilled. And thirdly, it's the connection. They feel connected to their purpose, your purpose, you as a person and Mm -hmm. and the business. So you've nailed all three of the core areas (laughs) that we either either hinder us or help Mm -hmm. us. So beautifully put. I think that's one of the biggest bits of advice that anyone could ever give as you build Mm -hmm. a team. It's key. And, you know, I am. Many years ago, I was in a support role for a CFO of a major nonprofit, and it was one of the most difficult positions that I had held. Mm. And he um, kind of grew up in his corporate role in his career in South America. And so there was a lot of machismo. He worked in a factory environment. Um, He had grown up through General Electric. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, building all the stuff and he came to work for this um, faith-based nonprofit and we were out in the warehouse uh, going through the fulfillment system. And we had just moved into brand new facilities. We had state-of-the-art fulfillment and, you know, our warehouse people were, were low people on the totem pole when it came to looking at salaries, you know, and as the, as a ministry, it was important to make those people feel really important about their role in fulfilling the mission. And when he came through, he talked to them and he said, you know, where I come from, monkeys could do your job. And it shattered morale more than you can imagine. And he, and he said this like in his first week, uh, you know, with us, and it was like, oh my gosh. And that is something that never went away. And that was almost 30 years ago now, but that was something that never went away because I could mm. feel how deflated they were. And it took months to repair the hurt that was caused. And I had determined at that point, whether I was the leader on a team, if I was sitting on a subcommittee, and even when I started my new, my, my own business, I wanted people to feel valued no matter 
how menial the job was, because let's face it, when we run a business, sometimes there's menial things that we have to do that that's part of the deal, right? Mm-hmm. They have to be done, whether I'm doing it or whether someone else is doing it, that job has value because of the service that we're giving to the people that are are paying our salaries, right? They're, they're buying our products and service. And so those things are important. And I wanted everyone to feel like, even if I'm asking you to do something that seems trivial, I appreciate what you're doing. I realize it's below your skill level or your experience level or your education, but we all need to get this done. And I appreciate that you're, you're partnering with me to do that. And I think that's so important. It's part of the, it's part of the ecosystem of a business. All these things have to play in together. Um, yeah. There's a we always see the hierarchy, but yeah, the smaller jobs, yeah. the less glorified jobs, sometimes they they always need to get done. Luckily for some people, that's their jam. It's like, oh, I I live for spreadsheets, <laughs> I live for accounts, and I'm like, cool. I don't. I, we I don't. work on this, <laughs> but it's like, but good for you. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. if you find the right people for those right jobs that they have their own innate love for the process, the procedure, whatever exactly. it is. Um, yeah. It's beautiful. Hey, love yeah. that. All right. I'm going to flip you. this around then. So that okay. was a fantastic trait. What is, what is maybe your, your worst trait right now that's, that, you know, it no kind of hinders you. Mm. You know, this has been a trait that I have worked on for years and I'm still not beyond it is I give away too much. And Uh so I lose business because Mm -hmm. I give them everything they need. So they don't, it just through conversations uh, where they don't need to hire me anymore because I've given them all the answers. And so I have to be really careful in, in my strategy on how I interact with potential clients. Mm. Um, that is, it's really hard for me because I want to serve. I want to give, I want to help. And so many people that come to me will say things like, I can't find anyone who can help me or who will have a conversation. I help people all the time, but when I ask for help, they ask me for a credit card. And so immediately then I'm like, well, I don't want to be that person. I want to really provide a lot of value. And mm. sometimes I, I give away too much value and it, it costs me in business. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. when startups start up, it's tough because I mean, as, as a coach, when we first started, oh, the, the amount of comments saying, how dare you charge for this? You, you, you should be giving mm. this away. You, it's like, man, this is a business. Business yeah. is based on, um, you know, give and receive and if you don't mm-hmm. value what mm-hmm. we're trying to to supply to you then oh mm-hmm. god love you you're not the right people for us you can find everything on the internet you there's nothing you can't find out on your own what you're paying That's for true. is the speed to be able to yes. implement what you want so with yes. this that trait of yours you give away too much you said about with the prospects, does that also bleed into clients and the commitment, the time that you give to your, your paid clients? You know, yes, it can, because it, it turns into a boundary issue. You know, it's like, oh, you can reach me whenever you want on text message or Voxer <laughs> or, or, you know, uh, Marco Polo or whatever. Um, mm. And 
because I love what I do and I just have, you know, I think customer service is really important. And if people have a need, it's like, I want to answer their need in real time. They're working on this project Mm -hmm. right now. They've got this question. Of course I need to be available. I need to give them that quick answer so they're not stuck and they can move on. Um, And sometimes that can be really tough. And, you know, sometimes it's led me to burnout because I, mm. I do, I, I overgive and I have to be very cognizant about that and say, no, you know, I'm in the middle of this thing that I'm working on. I can't stop and just give mm. them this piece of information. And so I have to be better about setting those expectations, but then upholding that boundary um, because I, I do let them slip it comes from a good place. It comes from a place of, I can do more. I can do better. I can help these, these, these clients. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. One thing you said there, customer service is so important. Absolutely. It's the communication and it's the relationships that you build with Mm -hmm. your clients. The better communication you have, the better relationship, the longer they stay as a client. That's what we help coach people through to be able to have that. It, saves the cost on getting more clients builds the lifetime value that it's the snowball effect but what you said there so the customer service and i'm Mm -hmm. going and the flip side is versus responsibility you have to be able to give your clients the 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 what's the word the the feeling the 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 gift of responsibility it's your responsibility to do the right thing in the right time um so yeah Mm -hmm. those boundaries are Oh, that's so critical with, with any business of any size, especially smaller businesses. Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, what I have started doing is I turn my phone off, you know, it's like, I'm done because I work from my home. It's always easy to be at work. Right. So mm-hmm. I have to close the door in my office. I, I turn my phone off after eight o'clock. So whatever happens overnight happens overnight. I don't need to be mm-hmm. there. Um, you know, and, and so I've, I've gotten, I've gotten better as I've gotten older, but you know, there's still that desire to serve at that high level to yeah. give that immediate, you know, response so they can work on it in, in real time. And, um, I, and sometimes I, I have to, I yeah. just dig into that a little bit more because that desire to what's fueling that, do you know what emotion for you is fueling the, the need to mm. Want to over deliver. <laughs> All right. Let's let's go there. So I was a pregnant teen at 16. And at 16, I was told that I had thrown my life away. I no longer had any more potential. My life was going to be lived on welfare. My children were going to be, you know. Uh, pregnant teens and they would Mm. be unwed and they would end up in gangs and selling drugs and, you know, blah, 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 life in jail. Right. That was the picture that was painted for me. And, you know, inside of me is this little, this big voice. Um, I say little voice whispering in my ear, but it's a big motivator. Mm. I'll show you what I can do. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there's this feeling of overcoming that, I'm not enough because I didn't live up to every adult's expectations Mm -hmm. when I was young. And part of being enough is defined inside of me of over giving, over delivering, always showing up, always being reliable, being that person you can go to and count on when no one else Mm -hmm. is there. I'm going to be there for you. 
I'm, you know, I'm not going to make you wait for this. And, and, um, it took a long time for me to be able to recognize that and really articulate what Mm. that was, uh, for me. Um, So you've been able to, you've been able to see it and you're, but, but you're still dealing with, the the residue of this and it just yeah. it's sneaky these things are so sneaky and they, they, they still show up all over the place right they do and, and in ways that you don't expect um, you know and it's like oh my gosh where did that come from and you have to think about it and unpack it and it's like you know it goes to that you're not enough yeah, you well. don't you know you're expendable even you know it, it you know because I was disowned by my yeah. my family at that time and so it wasn't even the that closest people to you there right. is a there's right. an embedded emotion right there it is and it's not one that goes away quickly or maybe even ever but being mm. able to separate mm. the value that i hold as a person versus the value that i give as a business owner to another business owner sometimes those lines are are blurred for me yeah. And if I, I feel if I let my clients down on a professional level, that that feeds into feelings of less than or imposter syndrome, you know, which is, you know, based in I'm not enough. Well, why aren't I enough? Oh, because of this or that or, you know, and, and it took me a long time to not let being a pregnant teen be the thing that defined my value or who I was and mm-hmm. make it it was an event that happened in my life but it it doesn't mean this is who you are based on someone's else uh, someone else's definition of of what a, te- a a a pregnant teen's life can be or should be or would be um mm-hmm. you know but a lot of us pregnant teen or not you know being divorced for some people, that's the thing. That's the stigma that, that holds them back. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like that dirty little secret in the closet. What if someone found that out about me? How does that change my credibility? You might be more human, might be more like everyone else because all this stuff. So that sort of defining, thank you for, for sharing so eloquently about, about this, where you're at, what you've been through, because I think it's, it's so important to have those, those conversations and see that with all these closest people to you that gave you this, this programming, this belief that you, you've carried that only came from their fears and their worries and their doubts had nothing to do with, with you. Katie is, she loves when we're coaching clients through this exact um, challenge. It's the root cause. You think Mm -hmm. you've dealt with it in one area and then if something else happens and it sort of comes in with a fake mustache and fake glasses, it's like, it's not me, honestly, it's something else. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, you've got to be able to be real and be honest and, you know, and a lot of that led, to perfectionistic tendencies and needs. It's like, oh, if I'm going to be accepted, I've got to be perfect. I've got to have it all together. I can't let anybody know there's a chink in my armor. I can't let anybody know that I'm struggling to build my business because mm-hmm. no one will want to do business with me if I don't have it all together. And, you know, I, I had shared with you in, in, in the pre-interview conversations that I owned a mortgage company. It failed. In 2008, when the industry collapsed, it failed. And, you know, one of my biggest fears was I just 
walked out of a failed business. Who's going to come to me to help them grow their business when I just had this huge, huge, uh, you know, failure, which, mm. which caused a, you know, a lot of other things, um, you know, that went, went poorly. You know, we had other families that worked for us who they lost their income and their revenue and you feel responsible, even though there were all kinds of outside forces that happened. And we weren't the only business that failed. There were hundreds and thousands of businesses across America that, that failed in the mortgage industry in 2008 that doesn't make you feel any better about it. You know, it, it doesn't, you know, make your heart hurt any less because you couldn't figure it out. You couldn't, you know, create a way to be sustainable in, in that particular time and moment. But what I will tell you is that's what brought me into the world of online business. That's what made me successfully help other people during COVID because Mm -hmm. COVID was kind of the same kind of thing businesses shut down, people lost their jobs, people had to give up their jobs to be at home to school their kids. And so I was able to use all of that icky stuff to help other people pick their lives up when through no choice or fault of their own, they found themselves in a place of, I need to learn how to build a business. I need to learn how to do it fast. I love that. That is the using the failure. There's no good or bad, right or wrong, success or failure. There is just information. And you were able to pick on that. So you said about the defining, your your past circles don't define you. No, they don't define you. You've built what you've built in spite of all of that, which I think is an inspirational thing that we we all have in spite of. We all have these things that we don't want to tell people, but are there. So thank you for sharing so authentically um, and showing who, what defines you now. Thank you for sharing that. And mm-hmm. um, this has been an absolute pleasure to talk. And I know we, we've only just touched the surface of you know, what you do and where you're going now. So, hey, maybe we'll have a, a part two coming soon where we can branch into the next evolution as you grow your, your event business, if right, that sounds right. good to you. Oh, I would love to do that. I would love to do that. Thank you. All right. Beautiful. Well, look, this has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. If people want to find out a bit more about you, uh, where can they find you? I'm super easy to find. You can find me on my website at anzagoodbar.com. LinkedIn is where I normally hang out. And again, you can find me on um, anzagoodbar.com. My business pages are under bankable events. If you're interested in learning more about how you can use events to help scale your business, we would love to be able to um, share that information with you too. Super stuff. Again, Anza, thank you so, so much. Thank you so much.